1: i'm sure you all look at the polls as we do and and when you look at those polls and you see that seventy two percent of people in the recent ipsos pool understand and believe that this is about a cash grab which is what i said it's not about affecting the environment um, our mandate is clear and we're gonna follow through on that mandate with every means possible there you go. That was earlier today rod phillips the environment minister in the province and uh... he was given that portfolio i believe because this is such a tall order you're gonna fight the federal government and all that they have at their uh, disposal on a constitutional basis, no less, to uh, argue that what they're doing, ramming this carbon tax down our throats, come January, since cap-and-trade now is discontinued, uh, that's going to be a monumental fight. $30 million has been parked aside to fight the battle, whether or not people will get value for money. Uh, Caroline Mulroney, who's the AG, the Attorney General, says she doesn't think it'll cost that much. But nonetheless, what it is is uh, a case of, uh, well, the federal uh, government going after us, ramming this down our throats, and Doug Ford trying to draw a line in the sand. Let's get Conrad Black in here, noted author, publisher, commentator, and historian, to opine on that and more. Good afternoon, Conrad.
0: Good afternoon, John. How are you today?
1: Very good, and I appreciate you joining us this Thursday afternoon. My pleasure. What do you make about this uh, constitutional challenge that the province has promised to uh, prosecute against the federal government on this carbon tax issue?
0: Well, my heart is entirely with the premier and the other premiers involved in this. I think the carbon tax is insane. On the constitutionality of it, uh, I'm not so sure. I mean, the, section, the old Section 91 uh, gave the federal government authority to tax in all fields, but it gave a concurrent jurisdiction on direct taxes, which which I think this would qualify as to the provinces. And, and that was the battle that Duplessis had with Saint Laurent on, on behalf of all of the provinces. I mean, the English Canadians all uh, called them a separatist at the time in the fifties, but then crowded in when he was successful behind him. But the I would suspect that they have a very arguable case, but I'm not qualified uh, to sit here and say how that would turn out. But, uh, but uh, the tax itself is insane. And by the criterion, uh, the equitable criterion of good government, they should win. And I, I must say, I regret personally, that that uh, Carol and Mulrooney is is uh, is, is may, may be forced in some respects to argue aspects of it that that, uh, that that are difficult, and it's a it's a kind of a throwing her in at the deep end as the Attorney General, but. But I, I, you know, anything that opposes the carbon tax, I'm in favor of.
1: Well, you know, and we had Rod Phillips just moments ago before you joined us saying 72 percent of people in the Ipsos poll say uh, they're against this, and so if there's an overwhelming majority against it, and yet Justin Trudeau has made this a signature piece of legislation in his mandate, uh, there's going to be a real. I guess clash of wills here. Uh, but and
0: not only that, John. I mean, not to interrupt you, but we we are backing straight into politics here. That government has to go back to the country uh, next autumn in just fourteen months. And and you know, this does remind me of the uh, of the dispute between Salarón and Duplessis. Because Duplessis said he imposed a provincial income tax, very small one, and said that if if the federal government does not Give it, uh, an allowance for that tax to Quebec taxpayers in reduction of a federal tax, then he would uh, c- call an election and invite the taxpayers of Quebec to determine the voters of Quebec to determine who was who was uh, who was on the right side, mm-hmm. and and Salomon backed down. That's when we got equalization grants. But the the fact is, if 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 Justin Trudeau goes to the mat on this, I, I I think he will pay for it in Ontario next year, and the Liberal Party cannot be reelected without a, a very heavy representation for Ontario. And if, and if Rod Phillips' numbers are right, and I, and I don't doubt that they are right, I mean, 72% are normally against almost any tax increase. <laughs> Uh, especially when we've had, we've had this horribly extravagant government that was just thrown out here in, in, in this province. Uh, I, I would say, I mean, again, it's not for me to lecture the great liberal party on, on the uh, ABCs of politics, but they would have to be out of their minds to try and carry that one to the voters of Ontario next year, I would say.
1: It sounds almost like it's strategic in that Justin Trudeau looks to be snuckered on this play.
0: It doesn't look great.
1: <laughs> okay, almost untenable. Uh, well, here's something else. You know, when you talk about uh, democratic will, we had Andrea Horvath today at Queen's Park suggesting Doug Ford cutting council in half is an issue of basic fundamental democracy, like somehow he's subverting it. Do you feel that way?
0: No, I think so stupidest argument I've heard even from her, and she's been an absolutely reliable and and inexhaustible source of stupid arguments throughout her time as leader of the unofficial opposition. I mean, ending prior to what you just told me with her so-called victory statement on election night, having just lost for the third time. But the, the, um, (laughs) I mean, it it is not. I mean, we get get 25 councillors. Look, if you only have one prime minister for 37 million people. You can have 25 councillors for 2.8 million people. I mean, come on, let's pull ourselves together. And let them work a little harder and save us some money.
1: Well, all right, uh on the matter of money now, it's interesting because Doug Ford is being pilloried for uh taking away this guaranteed minimum wage, the pilot program anyway, uh that represented about 4,000 people who were uh in on this in Lindsay in uh Brantford and Hamilton, Thunder Bay as well. And I'm just thinking, because a lot of the punditry have suggested, well, this will uh, stifle people from getting out of poverty. Do you think it was going to do that anyway? No, I,
0: I had a debate. Uh, I had the former finance minister uh, of Saskatchewan with me on a debate against, at the C.D. Howe Institute about uh, three or four months ago, and against us uh, were my friend Hugh Siegel, the master of Massey college at university of Toronto, who has been tasked by the former government to look into this and prepare uh, and just prepare the program. And with him was Paul Begala, the American uh, democratic party strategist and TV personality. He was a a, Uh a Clinton and Obama supporter. Uh Many of your listeners would have seen him on television. Sure. And, and, uh, uh, I, I, I believe we narrowly won the debate, but, but I, we went all through the issues, and the whole idea is nonsense. It is absolute nonsense. Now, I feel sorry for the 4,000 people in Lindsay and, and the Lakehead and uh, the other places where they were recruited into this. They're you know, people, no doubt, working hard for the provincial government and doing their best as assigned. And it's too bad that, that, the, that the, if they're going to lose their jobs. But the whole idea is absolute Idiocy. It, 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 and it is, it is an illusion. If you end up, in effect, giving a salary to citizens, you are, you are going to either go bankrupt quite quickly, or you're going to... In fact, a province would. If it can't issue its own money, it will go bankrupt. If the government of, of a sovereign country. like In this case, Canada did it for the whole country. They could defer bankruptcy by artificial increases in the money supply that reduced the value of the currency for a while, but they would end up in bankruptcy. I mean, and, and there is no point to it. The, the way to take care of the disadvantaged people is to target them directly with programs that can assist them to get themselves out of a poverty-stricken condition, and, and not in a condescending way, in a way that helps them acquire the skills to earn their way out, as, as they would wish to do. And those who are, are simply incapable of helping themselves, through no fault of their own, uh, we've got to take care of. That's a charge to society. But it's about two, a maximum 2% of, of the ostensible workforce, giving a guaranteed minimum win, you know, income, but actually sending the money to everybody uh, it, it's mad the whole concept is insane but it had a sort of attraction to, to this quite widespread uh, spun sugar candy castle fantasy land <laughs> socialism that that, that, that that that's that's been quite current in the you know, in, you know under the McGuinty win economic miracle that made uh, <laughs> Ontario have not province formed it from one of the wealthiest places in the world, the have not province, receiving equalization payments from Quebec. And and, uh, and 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 in the broader field of, you know, the Bureau of Obama and Justin Trudeau and so on, that sort of thing as a kind of currency, but it's nonsense. <laughs>
1: Again, with Conrad Black, finally, I'll ask, because uh, you did invoke the name Obama, Clinton as well, his acolyte there, uh, Paul Begala. You know, stateside, we're looking at, uh, you know, those guys, of course, uh, with their supporters, uh, any type of penalty that they might face uh, was rather uh, a slight one. But Paul Manafort, Trump's campaign manager, the original one anyway, uh, facing 309 years, effectively lifetimes 10 in prison on tax evasion. Guys in solitary confinement right now. What do you make of that?
0: Uh yeah look uh, he he's uh, I can't comment on the tax part I mean that that was that's arises from matters that happened in ukraine when he worked for the president there
1: yeah that's like uh, going back to 2005 though but is yeah, it because yeah, th-
0: he's th- that was that, that was years before he ever met trump by the way he wasn't the first campaign manager lewandowski was but, that's true uh, but but the um uh, but he did he didn't stay long in that position but i guess i'm
1: asking if he's affiliated with trump is he getting a rougher uh, ride here
0: well, you have to wait for the jury. I have to say the judge, from what i 've seen, has been very fair yeah. but but um but it, it, the whole point of it, as the judge himself has said is that is they 're trying to torment Manafort into producing something doesn 't matter if it's a if it 's a complete falsehood because that 's how the American prosecution system works on a plea bargain. They give you an immunity from perjury charges if you can chin yourself on inculpatory evidence against their main target. So what they're really saying is that, you know, you're facing, it wouldn't be 309 years, on, even if he went down in most of the counts, it wouldn't be more than 20 years. He's a man of I don't know, 60-something, so it could be a virtual life sentence. Um, because they don't have a parole system there. You get 13% of the sentence forgiven if you behave well, but that's it. Uh, but the uh, 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 the... the the whole game, the name of the game here is to try and torment him into inventing some uh, grievance, legal grievance against the president. And uh, I, I don't think it would be, it, with all that's happened, I don't think it would be effective. And in any case, if that's what they did, uh, he would, Trump would, would pardon him, and he would revoke his claim if it was a false claim against Trump. But that's how they do it then. You remember Gordon Liddy was the one guy who told Judge Sirica in the Watergate affair to take his heavy sentences and stuff them. And Sirica sends him to 35 years. Gordon gave a military salute in court, (laughs) went off to prison, on day one he beat up a prisoner. For stealing his toothbrush and he won his appeal and, and uh and he very successful he just retired as a talk show host like you know at, at the age of 85 well it, it's not going to work they have no case against trump and the whole thing is coming down around their ears and the surest <laughs> sign of it is the identification of tony podesta and greg craig as unregistered agents of a foreign power that that and, and sending the former deputy director of the FBI, McCabe, for potential criminal prosecution is the beginning of the unraveling of the other side. If they had just given Donald Trump a honeymoon, like every other president except Abraham Lincoln has had, because he didn't because the states were seceding every week, uh, Trump never would have bothered them. He wouldn't have done anything. Now they are going to face the wrath of that system, and, and it, it's an evil and corrupt system, but it is about to be turned on them, and they asked for it.
1: Conrad, always great. Love the anecdote about G. Gordon Liddy, by the way, and uh, so have a great long weekend, and uh, we shall talk to you again real soon.
0: Right, sure. Supplemented Same to you, uh, John, and all your listeners.
1: There you go. Conrad Black, noted author, commentator, and historian.